Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are Between the River and the Ravens, and we welcome you to Let's Talk Torah. So glad you are here. Hope that you've had a wonderful prep day and that your Shabbat rest has started and that you are just going to be blessed and restored by our Father. It's been a great week for us. Lots of shows, lots of new things we've come across, and we've been looking forward to tonight. This has become one of our favorite times where we can get together with our family online and just become one in unity. And uh, if you haven't seen Lee's Mercy Poured Forth this morning, please go check that out. It was wonderful about harmony and how as a body of Messiah, we all need to work in harmony and unity together. And it was just a great lesson that I really personally enjoyed got a few new understandings of the word shalom and right. some other stuff like that. Shalom means harmony. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. it, that blew me away as well. It, and what a beautiful sound that can be as far as frequencies. We all know whether it's singing or instruments together in harmony, what a beautiful sound that is. So what a beautiful sound it is to our father when we ourselves are working together in harmony with our brothers and sisters. And shalom. So welcome, everybody. I've got James and Mary Isabel. Great to see both of you. Yes. Hope you are being blessed this week. Hope you're both well. We've got Judy. Great to see you, Judy. John, mm -hmm. thank you for Hi, being John here. Turn back Judy. to truth. Uh, Wire Wool, good to see you. Asia. Asia. We've got Oliver. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, all. And I'm sure there are others that are watching that are not in the chat, and that's perfectly fine as well. Feel free to say hello if you would like. Let us know where you're located. If you're new to us, we just hope that this word tonight is a blessing that you can come away restored and rejuvenated on fire for Yah. That's really what we're trying to do is just stay on fire and not let the world of darkness put our light out. Shalom, Betty. So glad you're here as well. Good to see you. Mm -hmm. Last night, we had a wonderful show, too. Yeah. We talked about uh, Elohim of Miracles. Mm -hmm. I actually had got sick on Sunday. Um, really weird. Not a normal feeling type thing that happened that started with my eyes burning and hurting and then the worst body chills, pain, all of that I've ever had in my joints. It was just, it was not a normal thing. So I had several nights where I didn't sleep well at all, as you can imagine, um, just feeling terrible. And y'all was like, during my time of not sleeping, like, hey, we should be talking about miracles. <laughs> we should be talking about these things that you know of, these things you've seen. And I didn't even scratch the surface of the things that I've experienced as a nurse working in the ER, as a nurse working in the neonatal intensive care unit. I've seen the miracles from basically the raising of the dead to the miracle of someone being healed and that healing meant that they got to go uh, in peace to their eternal rest. And, and my mom was one of those because sometimes our saving grace is that it's just time for us to enter into our time of slumber until we're woke up. So I've, I've seen a lot of that. And Even the birth of a newborn. Yeah, we didn't exactly. even touch on that. I've been in and, and actually been the nurse that caught one or two. <laughs> Uh, when there wasn't time to wait on a doctor. So I, I definitely have grabbed a life as it was coming into the world and I've held the hands of someone who was leaving this world. So it's definitely miracles are everywhere. And one of the things we brought up was a story my mom had read to me a long time ago. She had bought this book and I think I was six or seven and um, it was called Trial by Fire. And it was about a gentleman um, that actually was a gospel singer and continued his career. 
However, he uh, was in a plane crash. He was a pilot and his plane, the minute after taking off and snowy conditions, the engines just stopped and at 80 miles an hour, he plummeted, plummeted to the ground, smashing into trees and bursting into flames and he lived. And it truly, I'll never forget being a little girl and mom making sure I understood what a miracle it was. My mom was a nurse as well. And this man, you know, had 280 gallons of, of gasoline ignited on his body. And he lived through this and continued his career as a gospel singer. And one of the things that I read looking back over his story was that he continued to sing praises to Yahweh. Uh, as they were driving him to the hospital after the fire was put out and he was being taken to the hospital, he sang praises the entire way. Mm. And as a nurse that's worked in the ER, I can tell you one of the most difficult patients to get their pain under control is a burn patient because all of those nerve endings are screaming and it's usually just horrifically painful and he never, it said he never moaned or cried out that he sang praises. He sang worship songs the whole way. And even earlier, uh, or actually we're going to watch that right where, where it talks Yeah, we we're going to share a video okay. that we had found. It just kind of, it's actually about a 30 minute video that just goes over the story. And I'll share that in the description if you're interested in watching the full thing. But we, we wanted to share a clip of him. And just singing uh, in the hospital, uh, I believe, to a bunch of Vietnam it veterans was, that, it is. you know, had just gotten back from the war, injured, disabled, all kinds of sorts of injuries and him lifting up their spirits and sharing his testimony with them. Uh, because we know if anyone's ever dealt with a burn, even burning your finger on the oven is painful. So right. what? excruciating pain this man must have gone through. And we know Yah had to have been with him, comforting him through this because he praised him and glorified him the whole way through. So did. we'll go ahead and share that. And then uh, I would like to read that Psalms 91 that James is just talking about. There's obviously a lot going on. Anybody that's been dealing with illnesses lately, There's most could say that they're not normal. You know, of course, they claim that the flu took the year off last year. Well, whatever came back is not it. So no. we've all been dealing with various things and uh, it's definitely an attack. And so after we share this song, we will I'll go ahead and read the Psalms 91. Why don't you pray us. for us before we Oh, you're going to do that after I was just going to say, maybe you should pray before pray we first. Go. Okay. Yes. Pray and then a shofar and then we'll. Get on to the song. Yes. <laughs> Dear Father, we just come to you this evening, bowing our heads at your glory, thanking you for all the blessings, all the miracles that you have done in our lives and that you will do. We just want to share those praises and honor you, giving you all the glory for the miracles that you work in and throughout our lives in the past, present, and future. We want to give you the glory and that you can be glorified through that, through our testimonies. We just thank you for this time tonight, this set-apart time that we can come together with brothers and sisters, fellowshipping, praising you, just exalting your name on high. We ask that you speak through us this evening. Give us a good word. We just are so thankful for this opportunity to lift you up, and we ask that you put a protection over all of us, shield us from the evil, from the darkness, from the principalities, out there attacking your remnant that you may give us peace and shalom and that we can find unity together and grow stronger with one another we just ask for a restful and rest restoring shabbat this week in your holy name amen amen so let's get a shofar blast and then we'll get on to this song Sure, the cats and dogs don't care for it. But. <laughs> oh, 
All right. And I don't know, did you say this guy's name? His name was Merrill Wolnack, if you are interested. I tried finding some of his songs on Spotify and I couldn't. No. But he does have some some stuff on YouTube. He does. But this is just the doctor kind of explaining uh, the surgery process and then a quick song that he shares with some injured vets and then just a, a little brief testimony at the end. So I hope you guys can hear this and enjoy. And then we'll get into it. But he always asked for guidance in the thing and he always asked that the good Lord keep me going and keep himself going and his wife and family because these are tremendous trying times for any family that gets mixed up in some type of uh, really major catastrophe, which this is. When I say, fellows, that I can, I think I can understand what you're going through when you lay here. We spent some 50 weeks in the hospital, as I told you. During that time, we had not only, you know, not only the skin grafting that you see here, where all of my face and the and the hands, all of this was was replaced, and all of the skin on my face. But along with that, I had phlebitis in my left leg. Two blood clots went through my heart. They had to tie off the two major veins. Had pneumonia in both lungs. Had staph infection for five weeks. I shouldn't really be here, except that I feel God wanted me to be here. You know, the, ama the wonderful thing about it, fellows, the peace that God gives, the strength that God can give, no matter in the, in the, in the worst of circumstances, even the times when you might fear as you're laying down, look, I've had enough. I've had enough, yet understanding that God is alive and just to never give up, you know, to go that extra little mile, to believe, to have strength and faith to believe that we don't let the problems get the best of us, but we really get the best of the problems. The last hospitalization was just a year ago, and sometime this year I'll be back in again. I'd like to just uh, sing a song for you, one that has really come to be a, a little bit of a, I might say a little testimony song to me, you know, because uh, God has always, always been with us. He's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. We've been through some problems. He doesn't promise, fellas, to keep us away from the problems, but he promises to take care of us through the problems, through the circumstances. Now, you listen to the words of the song, would you, as we sing them for you? I've been happy before. And silver linings again. He has promised to dry every tear from my eye. I will trust him today. The skies are great. I'll be happy again. There was music before. There'll be music again. There's a song in my heart. He did impart. I'll sing it again. Through the dark, lonely night, he will guide me and the I will look in his face, amazing grace. I'll be happy again. There was someone before. There'll be someone again. Empty, my friend. When the dark pillows roll, he restores my soul. So this trouble today, I hear him say, you'll be happy again. For there's trouble today, I hear him say, you'll be happy. most beautiful singing you've ever heard in your life is this man that has an excellent voice and uh, has cut a number of records. And uh, actually in this one operating room scene this one night, uh, it was done under a local anesthetic and the whole operation, he sang and sang and sang, the whole time. Do I want to be back the way I was before? None, no. I want to be the way God wants me to be. This is the way God has led us. This is what God wants and we pray with the idea, Lord, whatever, hap whatever is your will. Now, sure, I, I really feel 
I definitely feel that God is such a God of miracles that if he wanted to, he could turn me right back into the new flesh and look exactly like I looked before the accident. I believe that, but that isn't what I want. What we want, we want what God wants. I'm what he wants me to be. I'm where he wants me to be. I look the way he wants me to look. All right, hope you guys could hear that. We just thought it was such a wonderful presentation and story example of, wow, he did not let his circumstances get him down. He just praised God even more. And what a great example he is, you know, just the miracle of life in every way. We've all experienced miracles in one way or another, big or small. And we need to use that as our testimony to glorify Yah for what he did in our lives. Give him the glory, not ourselves. That's right. Shalom, Dan. Good to yeah. see you, brother. I'm glad you are here with us this evening. Mm -hmm. It is, Wirewell, a very profound testimony. And in that video, um, James is going to share the link. He talks about how he uses his looks or his appearance to witness to people. And he that's why he doesn't want to change. He didn't want to change what he looked like. Um, because it gave him an opportunity to share what a miracle was done in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were thinking last night, you know, I'm sure this story was a national news story. And it, was. it actually probably gave him a bigger audience and a bigger voice because of this. And so Yah used this terrible accident for the good. Mm -hmm. And so he, he's doing that with us, with you, with everybody. Seeking him first is what opens up those opportunities of miracles. Right. So like I said, let me read this Psalm 91, like James had mentioned. We all need this prayer and protection uh, because these are difficult times and more difficult ahead. So uh, I've got this. Actually, I can probably share this real quick mm -hmm. and we can read along together. What a great idea. Good old e-sword. So this is titled, My Refuge and My Fortress. Psalms 91, starting in verse 1 through 16. He that dwells in the secret place of El Elyon shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. I will say of Yahuwah, he is my refuge and my fortress. My Elohim in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you trust. His trust shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked because you have made Yahuwah, which is my refuge, even El Elyon, your habitation. There shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my Yeshua, my salvation. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for recommending that, James. That was beautiful and very much needed in these times. It really is. Well, this was a wonderful Torah portion, but I think we say that every week. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And the whole book of Genesis is just great. You know, you can even make a movie. Well, they've tried to make plenty of movies about it, and they just don't even live up to what's in the scripture. You know, just so powerful.
so many lessons to learn, so many parallels to our Messiah. It's just been a, a real joy to go through this again and, and break it down, you know, reading it multiple times a week, whether it be during our Torah portion read or getting ready for this tonight. Right. We just really love digging into the word and, and kind of reading between some of the lines to see some of these insights that we get to share with you. So if you have any comments, questions, or things that you noticed in this week's portion, please share it with us. Absolutely. We would love to hear what you have, uh, what Yah spoke to you. Mm-hmm. So how do you say it? What today, what the portion is? Via gosh, I believe. Via gosh. Via gosh. Week 11 of the readings. And this is Genesis 44, 18 through 47, 27. And of course, the the name of this portion, Vayagash, means and came near, and he came near, Mm -hmm. or to draw near. Also, we heard it explained as he approached. He approached, okay. Yeah. So, and he drew near, or he approached. Uh, Just digging through, that's Mm -hmm. that's the ones that we. And I love how you know each of these weekly Torah portion words come from that very first sentence mm-hmm. of the portion. So it just really leads it off and lets you know exactly kind of where we're going with it. And we kind of try to look into that a little bit further. This week, we didn't break down the word, but we can see throughout this portion where it leads. Where it so. leads, right. So you want to start first? I sure will. So I wanted to start with a verse quite a few portions back. Back in Genesis 15. And I'm going to try to share these on the screen. So just bear with me while I post it in the chat and pop it up. So we can hopefully all see these. All right, Genesis 15, 13. And he said unto Avram, we're talking about Yahuwah. And Yahuwah said unto Avraham, Know of the surety that your seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So we can see right there the foreshadowing of where we're at right now Mm -hmm. as we are beginning really at the end of this portion where they leads into them selling themselves into Mitzrayim for the next 400 years. But I just thought it was great. You know, Yah is foreshadowing what would become of Yasharel. He's setting the stage for the gathering of the 12 tribes in Mitzrayim. But he's also setting the stage for then the exodus and the scattering of all the nations. So... Just wonderful how we can see, you know, sometimes we don't even realize as we're reading things what it's hinting at that we're going to read later on down the road. And so I love to be able to go back sometimes and be like, oh, yeah, so that's exactly what that was referring to. Because you don't always pick up on things like that as you're reading through week to week. And that happens in life, too. It does. (laughs) You have one on there. 45.5? No. I did not okay. have that one. So well, another one I really thought was cool is Genesis 45, 10. Let me get that one popped up here. Trying something a little bit different, but I want to include all of you. I want you guys to be able to see what we see and so we can all read along. So Genesis 45, 10. And you shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near unto me, you and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, and your herds, and all that you have. This word Goshen was somewhat new to me a few years ago. You know, I've heard people bring up, you know, find your Goshen, you know, the place where you're going to settle down and live and you're the, the peaceful valley, wherever you can find, you know, in this day and age, off grid, off away from the big cities type of thing. Uh, but looking into this verse, there was a actual land 
in Mitzrayim called Goshen. And of course, we know that's where Pharaoh told Yosef to have his family come, that he would let them dwell, all the sons and daughters, all their cattle, that they could, you know, shepherd the land, harvest the land, even though, of course, we're in the time of famine right now. So I don't know how much of har harvesting was going on. But when we break down the word Goshen, it actually means drawing near. To draw near. To draw near. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are all looking for our Goshen land, somewhere that we can reside and live out our years and old age in peace and shalom. But more importantly, we need to find our Goshen that draws us near to our Savior, Messiah. Mm -hmm. You know, that is our Goshen, to draw near to Him. Wherever that is, however you get there, that's the most important thing drawing close to him. And I thought it was neat that Yosef's family would be close to him living in Goshen. Mm -hmm. When we draw near to Messiah, he will sustain and nourish us through the famine, just as Yosef promised his family, you know, I, you will be near to me and I will sustain you. I will nourish you, give you the food that you need during these times of famine that all the land was experiencing. So I just thought that was a wonderful Never really thought of the name, the word Goshen like that before. So that was really great for me to see that breakdown. What do you want to share? Well, <laughs> I mean, I can, uh, the, the first thing that I had was also going back, um, you know, we know we saw last week how, Yosef is asking where Benjamin is, right? And he wants them to go get him. And they're like, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. So because the, the reason is they're afraid that if Benjamin, you know, comes to Mitzrayim and something happens to it, that'll be the end of Yaakov. Yeah, He's they've already been, dealt with the, the mourning for years and years right. over Yosef. They, were have been living in guilt as well uh, and shame and regret for what they did because it caused so much pain to so many people, you yeah. know? So they're very overprotective of Benjamin. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they do talk, Yaakov finally agrees to send him. Do you want to put my verse up? 4522. Yeah. They, talk him into letting him go. And Yaakov finally says, you know, I'm going to just have to trust what is happening um, here in this situation. And we see something, or I saw something quite interesting here. So in this verse, uh, Genesis 45, 22, to all of them, he gave each man changes of raiments, but Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. Now we're, we're both interested about that five changes of raiment. I'm not sure why the number five or why the 300, I'm sure there's a symbology there, but that's more than what he gave to the other brothers, right? So I noticed, you know, Benjamin was kept behind when the brothers were sent to Mitzrayim to get the grain. The brothers begged to leave him behind and not involve him when Yosef wanted him. Then when the silver cup was found, Benjamin, the, the brother found on Benjamin, the brothers rent their clothes and cried because they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like it's, this is going to kill dad. Not this again. will be the end of it. So, uh, we see here, though, that there was better to be a Yosef than a Benjamin because Yosef, yeah. through his hardship, made him a more grateful and, and humble person that would be willing to, to share everything he had with others, even those who hurt him, yeah. even those who plotted against him to murder him, right? He learned, oh, that's a great point yeah, by just John. Looking at this. 300 is tenfold the price of a slave. Wow. 
well, that's good going in the direction I'm going because the, the next verse I pulled in, in relation to this better to be a Joseph than a Benjamin is uh, Genesis 49:27. If you want to pull that up, because we see, we, we realize Benjamin has probably not had to work. Everything's been handed to him. Even his brothers have given him whatever he wanted because they had such guilt and shame about what happened with Yosef, right? As we see in the tribes, or what we will see coming is uh, what Benjamin turns into. And 49.27, we see here, Benjamin shall be as raven as a wolf in the morning he shall devour the prey and at night he shall divide the spoil so he very much turns into someone who is about wealth is about taking and getting what he wants because he wants it regardless of what it costs people um not like Yosef, who is forgiving and is willing to share everything he has. And that was just something that stuck out to me there was that there's a difference between the two brothers. Definitely. From circumstance. So sometimes when we think like Yosef, that we've been buried in that pit, maybe we've just really been planted so that we can be a blessing so we can grow into a grateful humble servant which is which is what he was he he could have let Mitzrayim go to his head he was over everything he could have let that go to his head he could have seen his brothers in line had them slaughtered or mm -hmm. do even worse and just say no I'm not giving you anything get out of here and then that would have killed all of Israel y'all has a plan and, you know, everybody, well, not everybody, but anybody that has been at rock bottom, you know, you could very easily say that Yosef hit rock bottom. You know, he was in this he was dark in pit, in this prison for something that he didn't even commit, you know, falsely accused. And Yah worked his miracles to then promote him and to put him in the place that he needed to be to preserve his family and really all these nations, because more than likely Pharaoh and his henchmen, you know, wouldn't have had the wisdom and knowledge to, you know, prep and prepare for obviously even know about the coming famine. So it could have wiped out just about everybody. And so, wow, what an amazing story that can be. You know, we, we know we've heard lots of stories where people are at their rock bottom and that's when they come to, to meet and find Messiah, you know, they, they meet him in the rock bottom. So yes, it can be a difficult time when you're in that position or that place, but let Yah use that as a miracle. Let him make a miracle out of that because clearly we see throughout scriptures that there's many blessings that come from these difficult and trying situations. Right. He chastens us and thank goodness for mm -hmm. that. There was a couple comments I missed from a minute ago. I think Dan was referring to Goshen as the delta of the Nile River, which makes sense because, you know, Pharaoh said that this was the best of his lands, that he would give them the best lands available. And so I'm sure right by the Nile River would have definitely been best for growing. And uh, Well, it would seal their faith of his servants because to be a shepherd was the most abominable job to a Mitzrayim, mm -hmm. uh, a Mitzrayi, an Egyptian. The, the shepherds were seen as the lowly of the lowly. Yeah. So their fate was already sealed to be servants. We know that by the verse you read earlier uh, where Avram, you know, we're told that it's foreshadowed foreshadowed right yeah. i like this comment from john i think that these days as these days get worse y'all can protect us like he did in, in the, the land of goshen amen and that's why it is so important to draw near to him no matter where you are you don't have to be on 10 acres of land by yourself in the middle of nowhere you can be in an apartment complex or wherever that is that you're residing you know, you can find Messiah. He is there for you no matter where you're located. We 
the the point is to draw near to him and mm-hmm. and that's what we see what goshen is about is drawing near to him that's right i like that what um gd put there five has to do with grace that would make sense it absolutely would make sense yeah i meant to actually pull up the some testimonies of the patriarchs i wanted to read and i ran out of time but dan says here in the testimony of the patriarchs, Judas' testimony didn't have the amount of grief that the others had in their testimonies. Adam on Parable of the Vineyard had the audiobook of Judas' testimony. I know he's been doing uh, the breakthrough of all those, yeah. uh, and they are wonderful. They are. Extra Back when script. we did, uh, Shell and I on our uh, 12 uh, tribes or 13 tribes and the body systems. We read the the uh, testament of the patriarchs along with that. What several months ago, I guess mm-hmm. we ended. We started that in April, I think. And absolutely, I've got some things to say about uh, Judah here in a second. In mine, if you, yeah, I think after we get out of the book of Genesis and we end with you know Yaakov and his twelve sons, the twelve tribes, we might actually do a replay of that uh, 12 body systems series that you and shell did, because it's amazing. Now that we have a little bit more understanding of each of these 12 sons, how each of them are so different and how you were able to connect them to the various body systems. It's really fascinating. And if you haven't checked that out, be sure to check out the playlist, but we will probably try to re air those uh, here in the next coming weeks, just to have something uh, to go along through our week. Mm-hmm. And James says here, we are currently reading the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. It has been such a teaching and growing into Yahusha's character. Absolutely. really is. Character yeah, loved, is a great word right there. I loved reading them every single week. You know, Shell and I were going through each one. Just gave so much insight but not only that it, they're so prophetic they're mm-hmm. i feel like they're written for now i don't feel like they're for those generations i think they're written for our generation when you go through them it's they're just so very prophetic and amazing um, yeah i mean that they all seem to kind of start off with like you know gather around my sons i have something i need to share with you you know through all my mm-hmm years of trial and misery and difficulty. I want to help you and share with you what I've learned so that your life isn't so difficult. And us being the 12 tribes, you know, scattered, they still are a lesson for us. They are. And they speak to each one of us. Mm -hmm. It feels like not all of them fit for one person. It's, it's funny how, and, and what they said would happen, happened. And it was hundreds of years before they came to fruition. And now I think they're prophetically speaking to us now. But what do you have next? You don't always get a full understanding of the sorrow that these brothers went through, you know, after they sold Yosef off as a slave and the regret. And, you know, we, we hear about the, the morning that Yaakov had this throughout the scriptures. But when you read, these 12 patriarchs, you really get an in-depth understanding of what each son went through as well. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend reading those. Such a great insight. All right. So let me go to Genesis 45. I think we're almost there. We were skipped ahead real quick. That was me. Genesis 45, 27 and 28. If I can figure out a better way to do this next time, I will. <laughs> but until then, just bear with me here. Nope, that's not what I meant to share. Okay, 4527. And they told him all the words of Yosef, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Yosef had sent to carry him, the Ruach of Yaakov, their father, revived. And Yasharel said, it is enough. Yosef, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. 
So I thought it was interesting that you see the two different names of Yaakov and Yasharel. And I think it was a few Let's Talk tours ago, I brought up the fact that when Yaakov is referred to as Yaakov, it's when he is acting in the flesh. Mm-hmm. But when he is referred to as Yasharel, it's when he is acting in the Ruach. So right here we can see Yaakov did not believe that Yosef was still alive, but Yasharel did. And his Ruach was revived. He probably felt like he was 30 years younger. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he had been in such mourning and despair, probably just waiting for his life to end, you know, knowing that his favorite son was gone, that he would never got to say goodbye, really never got to see him again. And so what great glorious and grand news that would have been for him to find out that his son is yet alive and is basically ruler of Egypt, you know, the right hand man to Pharaoh. He sent him, you know, in what today would be a, a limousine or a shofar, you know, sent the wagons to bring them in. And uh, just what gl- amazing news that had to been. Mm-hmm. What a miracle that was. That you know, was a miracle. In, in his eyes for that to have come to fruition. And I love that thought that and and one part of him was in the flesh that just couldn't believe it. But yet Yasharel, the part of him that that Yah named Israel believed and he yeah. knew he knew in Israel. Well yeah and you know we also see that Yahweh even had to come to him in a dream, you know, to convince him and to let him know that I will be with you. It is okay. Go ahead and leave your land. Go to this foreign, strange land that he's never been to. You know, anytime any one of us have moved, you know, there's hesitation, there's anxiety or worry. What could be there? What's going to happen to me? And so Yah comforted him through this dream. Mm-hmm. One of many dreams that he had. So this next part, you know, and I'm guilty of this myself. I always thought that Benjamin in this scripture here was a young lad, you know, as he's considered. Obviously, he was the youngest. Everyone else was probably well in years by now. And so he was still the baby of the family. But he really wasn't a child still at this point when he finally got to see Yosef when he was brought to Mitzrayim to meet his brother and so here in Genesis 46, 21, and I won't read these names. I've already tried and attempted on our let's to our, our Torah portion on Tuesday. There was quite a few names that were fun to say. And with our Southern Hebrew here, it doesn't always work out. But as you can see, Benjamin at this time had 10 sons of his own. I believe Yosef was roughly 39 years old when this regathering and he remet his brothers and revealed to them that he was his, their brother, Yosef. So Benjamin was probably in his mid thirties, early thirties at this point, still a young lad, I suppose, but I never really considered him having 10 sons of his own. So I thought that was a fun little fact. That is. That's a great point John makes about what you were talking about. And that's true. It's the same. Yeah, remember, we are given a new name. So that applies to us as well. When we act in the flesh or Ruach. Or in the Ruach. Amen. That is so true. What characters, what, what a difference in character both of those mm-hmm. can have. And you definitely feel it one from the other. Mm-hmm. You're, you're aware of which one you're in. <laughs> Yeah, I may have to start going by Yaakov occasionally since (laughs) that is technically my Hebrew name. I like that. You got anything else? Do you want me to go again? Uh, You know what I've got. I've got two more things. So mine's pretty involved. So yeah, let me want me to round it up at the end. I've just got two more little fun tidbits here. I really thought it was cool that when you combine everybody that came to the land, all the sons, the daughters, possibly even grandchildren at this point, 
the wives, including Yaakov and Yosef, there was a total of 70 people from that family. Wow. 70 nations. I just feel like that's not a coincidence. You know, I just thought that number, when I heard that number, it just stuck out and realized, wow, what a connection there. You know, the 12 tribes creating the 70 nations. Right. And I want to look more into that, but I just thought that was a really neat fact. Well, when Israel, I think it was 50 or was it 50 years ago or 70 years? It was 50 years ago when they became a nation, right? I think it was longer than that. 70. Maybe 70 it years may be now. 70 yeah. now. And they became a state. Well, when they became or a state, became a nation, when yeah. they sent letters out, they sent 70 to the 70 right. nations. Yeah. And we have all been, they've been scattered around. We know that. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. My last one was out of Genesis 47, 8. Let me share that one real quick. And I just thought this was a, an interesting insight, way of looking at this verse. We know they've made the journey to Mitzrayim. Yosef and Yaakov are reunited. They're hugging and crying on each other's necks. We even know that Pharaoh and all the all of the the people the there house. are so happy, you mm-hmm. know, to to hear that this reunion has taken place. That just really speaks volumes on what they thought of Yosef. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a hero in their eyes. He had saved the entire land. So, of course, this news that he was reunited with his family, I'm sure brought joy to the whole land of Mitzrayim, even if they were shepherds. Right. So in Genesis 47, 8, Pharaoh said unto El Yaakov, how old are you? And of course he responds, I'm 130 years old. You know, I don't know if he really was wanting to know that or not, but one thing I saw that really made me think of this in a different light was what if Pharaoh didn't actually want to know how old he was, but he wanted to know how many days Yaakov had felt alive in his life. You know, how many days had he lived his life to the fullest? And that just really hit me and got me thinking, you know, how many days have I lived to the fullest? How many days have I wasted away that I'll never get back? You know, living for Yah, mm-hmm. you know, going out there, trying to spread his message, whether it be online here or at the stranger I come across at the gas station or someone having a bad day or somebody stranded needing help. There's so many times in a day that Yah brings someone to you. And if you're letting that opportunity pass you by? Are you really living your days to the fullest? Because we know in the long run, nothing else matters. Nothing that we build here, nothing that we materialize here and and earn with our wealth, or if we have that or not, but none of that matters. What matters is building his kingdom. And so I just wanted to share that. I thought that was a really great thing to just apply to ourselves, you know, How many days have we lived to the fullest? You know, time is short. We don't need to let that time pass us by before it's too late. Tomorrow could be our last. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys, let you know that that's really on my heart to live each day to the fullest, to honor Yah to the best of my capability, whatever that looks like. I hope it's different ways. You know, we have all been given different gifts and use that gift to the best of your ability and let that miracle that Yah has given in you be a miracle to someone else. Amen. To speak his truth and his, his life and love Mm -hmm. and forgiveness, you know, it's so easy to focus on so many other things, but we're given such wonderful words and examples. You know, Yosef could have turned into a bitter, angry person, but he didn't. He didn't. He, and it had to happen. 
are you ready for me to start mine? Because that's a good segue yeah. into, into yeah, what I mean, I'm going to talk know, about. It, it's so easy to, woe is me, you know, yeah. I've, I'm dealing with this or why did I've this have to happen to me? Sure. You know, <laughs> looking back at Merrill Womack and his horrific burns that would just cripple most people, you know, where they would probably not want to be seen in public Ever or again. go through the surgeries or just live life anymore. He lived his life to the fullest because of that, you know, that traumatic event Never. allowed him to live his life to the fullest. And so, you know, hopefully none of that ever happens to any of you or us, but we just need to be sure we're living to the fullest, no matter what our situation is. Absolutely. And this is so true. How true this very night, our life can be demanded of us by Yah. And that's mm -hmm. part of my prayer every night is if it's his will to wake me up in the morning that I'm going to be so thankful and joyous for it. But I'm ready whenever my life needs to go, whenever he demands it, demands for me to go. It's it's his will. And that's all I pray for in my life is his will. That's all we pray for in, in stepping out in this ministry that we were called to do um, of two people that this is not a normal would not be anything that we would ask to do. It's to, a miracle that to be in front of people I and talking do this about you know, anything, I, much less um, this. You exactly. Know. You know, Yah has really worked wonders in our life over the last few years and opened our eyes. And ever since we came to the truth, it's just been bursting out of us. And we've just wanted to share it with those that don't know it. Many of you are in the same position as us. You know, you've been awakened to the truth, the good news. And we just hope that you're sharing that message with others as well, because it is so joyous and it's what we're called to do, you know, it for is. him, for Messiah to become greater and more, we, we have, have to, to become be less. less. You know, it's not about us. It's not about our ego and pride. It's about lifting him up and sharing the good message that he has brought of salvation. So going from that, um, what I have is Yahusha comes ahead of us, right? Like Yosef, who was thrown in a pit, beaten, demeaned. He would be raised up from that pit. He would be taken from that pit and raised up to be governor over all of Mitzrayim to save all of the inhabitants with grain or bread. You know, he was given up by his loved ones, by his very loved ones, Yosef was given up, but it was necessary. And Yahweh knew that. And Yahweh had this plan for him. He knew what had to transpire to save Israel, right? So Yahusha also was sent by the father. We all know that he had to suffer he had to be beaten. He had to be demeaned and humiliated. And he would die to be raised up. Or during the process of dying, he was raised up to pour out deliverance over all his loved ones and his enemies. Right? Those that wanted to do him harm, that wanted to kill him, his life, his deliverance would be for all of them. And I see that reflected in Yosef, the very people that threw him in the pit that argued first about killing him. And then finally Reuben was like, well, let's not kill him. Maybe we'll throw him in a hole and then sell him, you know, like that was the better of things to do. But it's, it's so foreshadowing, you know, uh, Yosef would save that all of Mitzrayim, all the people that came from all over, it's, it said the world. And when you look at it prophetically um, of what came from the 12 tribes or 13 tribes, you know, when you got Manasseh and Ephraim, uh, you see that that is the whole world. What would have happened had those 12 tribes, had those 12 brothers not been saved? What would have happened? That would have ended there. That there wouldn't have been the scattering. None of the, the fulfillments would have happened. So we see 
that Yahusha was raised up to pour out his deliverance over all of us. And then he is resurrected. He's elevated as savior of all, our king of kings. He now goes to make a place for us in the father's house, the kingdom. He became the living water for the thirsty and the bread of life for those in a spiritual famine. And there was a spiritual famine and there is a spiritual famine. But guess what? Yahusha is reunited with the father, but he's coming back. He, he is coming back and coming back soon to get us. Yosef saved the land and all his family by the will of Yah, through, through his decision, through what his plan was for everything that has transpired to where we are even today, for us to even be here, Yosef had to do and endure what he endured in the pit. Mm-hmm. So these brothers would be forgiven and they would find that peace in their souls again for not only their crime, but all of their iniquities. We are forgiven for our sins as well when we accept the forgiveness given by our Messiah and his ultimate sacrifice for us, right? We can drink and be satisfied. We can find him in hunger no more and live in peace with the knowledge of what was done for us. And we see here that Judah put his life on the line for Benjamin, for Benjamin, after offering to be a selfless servant to save Benjamin. And I think Judah's sacrifice there or willingness to sacrifice is reflective of Yahusha as well, who is also from the tribe of Judah, from the lineage of the tribe of of Judah, Mm -hmm. willing to sacrifice himself for his brothers, for all of Israel, which, which is a people, which is who we are. When we choose Yahusha, we've been given the ability through him to be grafted in with him, through him, so we can become part of Israel. So, so Yosef saved all of Israel, including us, through the lineage all the way down to Yahusha, who came to us as well. If Judah hadn't been saved by Yosef being able to feed the land, if the famine had wiped them all out, we wouldn't have had Yahusha coming from the line he was supposed to come from. So he did not die for the nation, but for the whole nation scattered abroad, all of us, all of Israel, in the ultimate demonstration of love. And that's where I've got my John 10, 17 through 18, I want to share. John 10, 17 and 18. This is what Judah was willing to do. And this is what Yahusha did for us. Therefore does my father love me because I lay my lay down my life that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So he he chose to do what he did. He didn't it, it didn't happen because he was a weak individual it happened because his love chose that path for us and then the next one is john 15 13 and 14 and this is absolutely a perfect into this torah portion as a reminder here john 15 13 and 14 greater love has no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friends Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. And how beautiful is that? And that we know we can show 
our love back by keeping Torah, eating clean, keeping Shabbat, all of the things that Yahusha lived as an example for us. And I love seeing him in everything. When I started on the narrow path, I wanted to find Yahusha. And I found him at the beginning. So in Genesis, in the very beginning, and and he's everywhere. So that was what I had yeah, to that's dream. great. If anybody ever asks, you know, where do I find God or where where can I find the Messiah in the beginning? In the beginning. That's exactly where to start. And, you know, that's a great point. You know, it's, well, it's not always easy to love your close neighbors, your friends and your family, but that is much easier than loving an enemy, laying your life down for an enemy. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to do that? You know, we are called to love Elohim first and then our neighbors second, the two greatest commandments. Right. Above ourselves. Above ourselves. And that's what we saw there with Judah. He had learned an important lesson and Mm -hmm. he was willing to lay his life down for a brother. Well, and we see how much better parallel is is Messiah laid his life down for his enemies, people that were hating him and mocking him. So what an example he was for us. If he can do it, we can do it. And and it is hard and it is a struggle. I have definitely prayed for people through gritted teeth before I learned to just be able to forgive every everything that there is to forgive and now pray from my absolute heart because I know I forgive them just as I have been forgiven. Because in order for the Father to forgive us, we have to forgive others. You know, it's not a, a one-way street. We have to do our duty so he can forgive us in turn. Yes. yes. There's a few more comments I was going to share. John was right on the same page with you. Yahusha came the first time as the suffering servant. The next time he will be the lion of the, the tribe, tribe of, of Judah. Judah. You better believe it. There was a uh, there was one I missed earlier from Dan here. I wanted to share. I sure wish I could have those kinds of dreams. I pray each night for them instead of the unintelligible ones that I normally have. I do as well, and sometimes I get them. And it's sometimes... hard to make sense of dreams, you know. Many even Pharaoh, the the most powerful man in the land, needed help interpreting his dreams, you know. And obviously, praying to Yah seeking his guidance he will give that to you he will give you wisdom we know that it says in the end times sons and daughters will prophesy and dream dreams so Mm -hmm. that is to come if it hasn't already started you know so that is very possible that he will show you things dan says i end my nightly prayer with the same type of words i pray that yahushua's protection throughout the night and if it is the Father's will that Yahushua wakes me in his shalom. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. And it's pretty close to what I pray as well. James says he is our hope. He is. Without him, we are lost. Mm-hmm. He is our shepherd seeking the lost, leaving the 99 behind so that he can look for the one lost. He's definitely came after me a time or two. And many of us were blind. And, and now, now we see, now we've been found, and we owe all that to the Messiah. That's right. If you love me, you will obey John my 14, commandments. John 14, 15. If you love me, you obey my commandments. Amen. And Judy says, love fulfills the law. Love is a powerful tool. It, it is. sure is. It is. I wish I could understand the depth of the love that Yahusha has for us. I at times think that I'm close to understanding it, but I don't know that our human brains can truly embrace the amount of love that the father and the son have for us. And that is something I can't wait to have a complete understanding of um, when we meet face to face. Well, and it's, you know, we can get an idea out of this portion where Yaakov, 
was mourning. And basically many of his days were lost and wasted in his sadness and depression, you know, and he was reunited with his son. One day the Messiah will be reunited with us. And so think about this also. It just hit me. So the Talmudim knew Yahusha was dead. Mm-hmm. What happened when Miriam, when Mary went to them and said, I've seen him, I've seen him. He was there. I saw him. They argued with her and said, no, he wasn't. Yeah. What are you doing? He wasn't there. You know, even especially doubting Thomas that you talked about yeah. recently. The same happened with Yaakov. His son had been dead. The mm-hmm. son had been dead. And he said, no, the, there's no way he's alive. But then he he was resurrected to Yaakov. That's exactly what happened. He was dead and now he's alive. And I see that also that's that corresponds there as well as the Talmudin, the disciples being like, no way we he's gone. He's dead. You know, there's no way, but he was, he was dead and now he's alive. Cause they were living in their flesh and thinking in their flesh not relying on the Ruach, that spirit, to guide them. So let the Ruach guide you and not your fleshly desires. Well, this has been wonderful. Uh, We love starting our Shabbat with all of you. It is truly a blessing to James and I. You're our family. You're our fellowship. And I can't wait for the day when we're doing this fellowship together at that feast table at uh, the wedding ceremony you know, at the big feast when we're all finally together. What a beautiful day that will be. So until then, we're just so thankful uh, for being here with you guys and having this opportunity. And we pray that your Shabbat tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow is wonderful and spent in uh, rest and digging into the word with the father and getting the restoration that you need. I'll be back on Monday morning with Mercy Poured Forth. And on Wednesday, Shell and I actually are going to have a show. Uh, She's interviewing Dr. Monzo, and we're going to be talking about the Olive Top body system and Quest 4 diagnostics that they do there. It's going to be pretty interesting. I pray that you guys join us then. If not, uh, watch it uh, when you can. And we just bid you shalom. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Have a wonderful evening.